I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi guys, and you're very welcome to a special Christmas edition of The Critter Shed. And today... Unfortunately, I'm on my own because my dear friend and your dear friend, Colette, is in recovery still after a bit of a big operation. Now, she's doing well, but it's going to take some time to heal, obviously, and we'll be back together in the new year, hopefully. But in the meantime, I am going to lash out this episode and we were thinking to do something along the lines of a Christmassy special involving one of those icons of Christmas, the humble Robin. Now, the European Robin, or the Robin Redbreast, as is known in the UK, is one of those uh, very familiar little birds that we have around our back gardens and our, our woodlands. They tend to stay around gardens in the UK and Ireland as opposed to the woodlands where they would stay in Europe for two reasons. One is because our woodlands has largely disappeared in the UK and Ireland and in the European uh, places where they would stay in, in, in the main continent in Europe, they are actually hunted and eaten. So their fear of humans is, is much greater than it would be in Ireland and the UK. And as I said, over here, their woodland habitat has largely disappeared. And even the hedgerows now at this stage are getting a bit of a hiding. So where do robins go to feed when their natural habitat is small woodlands? And the answer to that is our gardens. This is why we see them around the garden so much. And of course, we encourage them with food and these small habitats with invertebrates and and, uh, hopefully all those good juicy things that they like to eat. Another reason you'll see them in the garden and, and around gardeners in general, they are called the gardener's friend. And this is because in the natural habitat of the woodlands, robins will follow large herbivores around. So especially pigs the wild boar and they'll follow them around the forest and they'll wait for them to grub around on the forest floor looking for juicy invertebrates and as they're turning the soil sniffing around doing their piggy thing mr robin is hanging around behind them picking off all the smaller invertebrates that the pigs have missed out on now with a lack of pigs and a lack of forest who becomes the pigs for the robins That is us, the gardeners, the people who are 
raking the leaves, the people who are digging up the soil, put their spring tulips down. That's why Mr. Robin is sitting on your spade, cheeky as you like, waiting to get in there and have a little snack. Now, the UK and Irish Robins are generally um, permanent residents over here, but some of them do take winter trips, especially the females, to get better foraging. Some will go as far as Iceland, some as far as the Caucasus, and some even head down towards Africa. Now, that's incredible distances to make for such a small bird, but it just goes to show how gregarious and brave these little creatures are. Now, for the vast majority of the Irish and UK robin population who stay over the winter, they'll be feeding up in gardens and in the local woodlands that are left. And the males will be super territorial during this time because they have to hold on to a patch of land to impress the females in the future. And the males are actually really, really aggressive. They're so aggressive that 10% of robin deaths are attributed over the winter period to males attacking other males uh, in these little battles over territory, which is, you know, when you look at a cute robin, you wouldn't think that they can be so vicious, but this is the, uh, the facts of life for male robin and their lifestyle. Now, most of these deaths that occur happen when young robins, especially, again, with the males, move into new territories and they have to fight older, more experienced, more tough robins, guys who've been around the block. And because of all these battles that happen with younger robins moving into new territories, most of them don't make it past their first year. In fact, the average age for a robin is around a year old, a year to two years. So it's a tough life when they get started. But some robins have been recorded to live up until 19 years old is one of the oldest in the wild. So they can make a good long go of it if they get the opportunity. Deaths apart from territorial disputes are also caused by severe winters and as you can imagine if you are an insectivorous mainly insectivorous bird that's out looking for worms and wood lice and all those other delicious treats and there's a couple of foot of snow on the ground it's going to be very very difficult so if we want our little robin friends to survive the winter months it's important to remember to put out those fat balls and those dried up mealworms that they love so much uh, help them get over this period. That's one of the best things about your local garden robin is the fact that they are willing and able to come into your garden and feed and, and bring a bit of joy into your life and you can get to know your local robin very quickly. In fact when I'm out feeding my quail I'll always have a, a spare handful of mealworms just to throw on the ground and sure enough Mr. Robin will show up behind me and start pecking away and, and feeding off them and, and this is just to supplement their normal insect diet during the, the harsher months in fact in the wild they'll actually eat berries and fruit as well um, if they can't come across any insects so they're, they're quite adaptable so from around March in the UK and Ireland the robins will start to breed and they are incredible little nest builders. Not for the fanciness of their nest. Their nest is basically made up of bits of moss and, and grass and fur that they've collected off the ground, and even their own feathers. It's not a particularly spectacular nest. It's just where they build them. They are mental when it comes to building nests. They will literally build a nest in any nook and cranny they can find. And they're kind of famous for people finding them in sheds and in drain pipes and on bicycles. I've actually got a list here of, of some of the places they've been found to 
to breed pieces of machinery, barbecues, bicycle handlebars, bristles on upturned brooms, discarded kettles, watering cans, flower pots, and hats. Isn't that incredible? Fair play to them. And they'll actually breed quite a bit during their, their season. They'll lay two to three clutches of five, five or so eggs each. And that gives you kind of an indication of how many times they need to breed to be successful. Because, of course, they're going to get raided by magpies. They're going to get, you know, there's going to be the high mortality rate we were talking about earlier on. So you need to have a lot of babies over that breeding season to replace the adults uh, over time. So the eggs are tiny. They're only a couple of centimetres long. They're usually a creamy mottled brown colour. And... Once the juveniles hatch out and are fed up, and it happens over a relatively quickly couple of weeks, they'll leave the nest and they won't look like robins. They won't look like your stereotypical robins. I often got asked, what's this board in my garden? And I'm no board expert at all, but uh, I do recognise the juvenile robins. They have that really kind of uh, teenage robin look about them where they look like a robin, but they have a mottled, browny, yellow chest on them. And the, the classic... Red breast doesn't come in until they're a couple of uh, months out of the nest. Now, robins are diurnal species, which means they generally feed during the day. But with the advent of artificial lighting in our neighbourhoods, you will get a change in behaviour in a lot of species, and the robins are included in this. In fact, they've been recorded feeding in the middle of the night under artificial lights, under lamps, and again, this just goes to show how adaptable as a species they are. Now, they've probably done the same thing under the moonlight, but why not take advantage of the artificial light and get in more food at different times of the night as well as the day while you can? Now, across the world, there's actually a couple of birds that are also named robins. Uh, one is the Australasian robin completely unrelated to the European robin and one is the American robin which is actually a member of the thrush family and again completely unrelated to the European robins now the reason they're called robins is because when Europeans are traveling the world and invading and pillaging other places they they wanted to feel at home and sometimes they called animals that looked familiar the same names as they called the species they knew back home. And these two birds were no exception. And the reason they were called robins is because they had a red breast or looked similar to uh, robins because of their red breasts. Now, not only did they do that, in some places like in New Zealand and Australia, they had actual societies that they would actively go out of their way to introduce English and European species to places like Australia and New Zealand, which to us nowadays seems completely mental and abhorrent. But for them, they felt like they were uh, anglicising the world, I suppose, and trying to make things a little bit like it was back home. Again, though, to us nowadays, it just seems so bizarre, but I don't think people really appreciated the environmental long-term impacts of these behaviours. Anyway, they brought over a a couple of hundred robins to Australia and New Zealand, as I was saying, and let them go in Melbourne, Auckland, Christchurch, Wellington, and hoped that they'd become established. No, they didn't become established in Australia. And 
even when they tried the same in Long Island in New York in 1852, same thing happened. Robbins couldn't become established. And in many ways, it's a good thing because we really don't want any more invasive species getting established around the world than we already have. Now, the Robin, it's song. It's so distinctive and so beautiful. And one of those magical things when you get up early in the morning, like when I'm going out fishing early in the morning, one of those beautiful bird songs in the dawn chorus is, is the Robin's call. Now, both the male and the female will sing during the winter where they hold separate territories. But then during the springtime, the male's uh, song becomes that little bit sweeter because he's no longer telling people to feck off out of his feeding zone. He's telling the ladies to come in. So males, robins will usually start their singing about an hour before sunrise in the morning and then they'll stop their singing about a half an hour after sunset in the evening. Now again, because of artificial lighting in urban areas, male robins have been recorded singing in odd hours compared to their natural counterparts. So what they're doing there is they're taking advantage of the street lights and they're actually singing at that time because there's less noise from traffic and cars and they can get their message across clearer to either their love interests or their rivals, which is, again, really adaptive and very cool behaviour. So why are robins associated with Christmas? Well, they've been associated with the Christian faith for quite a long time, actually. And some of those legends are that as Jesus was dying on the cross, the robin would fly down and sing into his ear to comfort his pain. And the blood from his wounds that were around his head splashed onto the robin's then brown chest and left a permanent mark. Another legend is that the robin flew down to try and pull the thorns out of Jesus' crown and in the process of doing so speared himself through the chest and ended up wearing that as a constant reminder of his faithfulness to Jesus. There's even another legend about the robin trying to bring water to the suffering souls in purgatory and permanently scarring itself in the process of trying to feed these suffering souls by burning its chest. So that Christian connection is is long established. But the truth of the matter is they probably are associated with Christmas stamps and cards and all the ways we think of robins in your Christmas tree because in Victorian times, the postmen wore bright orange jackets and were nicknamed by all the locals as, you guessed it, robins. So from trailing pigs around the forests of Europe looking for scraps from their piggy snouts to becoming one of the symbols of our most favourite time of the year, our biggest winter festival, the robins really have come a long way and are definitely deserving our, our respect and admiration 
and also deserving of a bit of grub over the winter season. So get down to your local pet shop, your local garden centre, pick up some seed, some of those dried mealworms that they love so much and scatter them about the garden and look after your local Robin pal. Have a great Christmas, guys, from me and Colette. Looking forward to seeing you in the new year. We have some great episodes coming up, including sharks and animals of ancient Rome. We have a lot of special guests coming next year that you're going to be blown away by. And we're really looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Looking forward to spending more time, which is in 2021. Hopefully it'll be a better year for us all. And uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. See you, Stan. The Critter Shed is part of the Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Not Without My Sister. You can find more great shows on thewarren.ie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.